I get it, guys. The gospel sounds foolish. And you feel kind of dumb for proclaiming it. But just go with it. That's how God works. It's basically what Paul is saying in his letter to the Corinthians. He says Jesus seems like foolishness to the nations. Although for us, he calls Jesus the wisdom of God. For God's foolishness is wiser than human wisdom. Yeah, the gospel does sound foolish. I get it, but that's how God works. So go with it. Jesus' words sounding foolish, at least on some level, certainly seems to be happening in the Beatitudes, in the beginning of this prayer of Jesus, this teaching of Jesus in the first and the, in the fifth chapter of Matthew. Now, I love this sermon. I love this list of blessings, this list of people who are blessed. I love that Jesus says, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. It's fantastic. There's hope in those words. That even in our darkest moments, life is still moving towards hope. And at the same time, I understand how Jesus' words sound kind of foolish. I'm so blessed because I'm really down right now. I feel kind of bereft of spirit, of life, of energy. I just don't have anything left right now. I feel so blessed. What? Does that make any sense? I think his disciples must have been thinking something like that. What are you talking about, Jesus? I'm so blessed because I'm mourning and in deep sorrow over the death of my father. It feels like the world stopped when he died and everybody else was silly enough to think that the world kept on spinning. I just feel so blessed. I'm so blessed because I don't really speak up for myself all that frequently. And I really don't insist on things going my way. And consequently, things almost never go my way. I feel so blessed. So blessed because I'm really not all that righteous. I'd really like to be. It'd be lovely to be righteous. I'm just not. I'm, I mess up. I don't really love God or other people the way that I would like to. I feel so blessed. I'm guessing that kind of threw Jesus' disciples for a loop. It doesn't make an overabundance of sense on the first hearing. None of those blessings that Jesus gave really fall into the categories of things or people that we consider blessed. Maybe not necessarily cursed, but blessed. Phrases regarding blessing that sound more familiar to us are, I feel so blessed because of all of the wonderful things that God has given me. My talent my family, my success, my money, my friends, etc. I'm blessed because of my many obvious blessings. That makes sense. That we get. Looking again at what Jesus said about blessings, we do kind of get the last ones. The merciful. Who doesn't like them? They're merciful. Of course they're blessed. The peacemakers. We love the peacemakers. We give them prizes from Sweden. Sometimes we kill them. But we love the peacemakers. So of course they're blessed. And the pure in heart, those who are persecuted for being righteous, well, of course God's going to bless those people. Those are his favorites. But what about when they're not anymore? What about when they stop being persecuted? 
or their hearts aren't quite so pure anymore. Are they still blessed? Do they move to a blessings pending category? I think if we were in charge, they probably would. I think if we were in charge, the blessing would be given based on our perception of merit. And those who are considered blessed would be those whom we perceive to be obviously blessed by whatever great things. Bless you. See, someone sneezes and... Thankfully, God doesn't work the way we would. The peacemakers who lose heart. Those peacemakers who are so tired of living in a world of conflict. In a world that just won't make peace no matter how hard they work for peace. Those peacemakers who lose heart and end up totally bereft of spirit. Totally bereft of life and energy that they just don't have anything left. God has already declared them blessed. Not blessings pending or blessings removed but blessed for the poor in spirit. Those who, are persecu- who were persecuted for righteousness' sake, so much so that they just couldn't continue on and are no longer the paragons of righteousness that they once were, even though they still really want to be righteous, God has already declared them blessed. Not blessings pending or blessings removed. But blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Blessed are the perfect? Yes? No? No! Supposed to be an easy one. How about blessed are those who never mess up? Thank you. Good. No. Blessed are those who are God's favorite and do everything right. Jesus didn't say that. There is no hope in that. None at all. If that were the case, if God declared only blessed those who did everything right, then God would forever be counting our sins against us and holding the carrot of blessing over our heads, smacking us upside the head with it when we mess up. Does that sound anything like the gospel of Jesus crucified? Do the Beatitudes sound anything like the words of someone who is interested In a gospel of sin management, a gospel of constantly holding our sins and past mistakes against us. No, there is no hope in such a gospel. There is no hope in constantly being condemned for our past mistakes. There is no new life, no resurrection. The Beatitudes, on the other hand, are full of hope. Our brains tend to get hung up on our past mistakes and the past mistakes of others. Let's face it, it's hard to get past it when someone has royally brassed us off. Our brains get stuck on those things. But the crazy, awesome foolishness of the gospel is that God doesn't get hung up on our past. God is constantly looking to our future, vastly more concerned with what we can do than what we did do. Such forgiveness and such hope doesn't quite make sense to our tiny little brains all the time. And yet such forgiveness and such hope is what we are in need of. 
We long for hope, and sometimes we just can't see it. That's why Jesus sometimes says things that don't make sense at first hearing, so that he can take hope and smack us upside the head with it. So that we can finally see the hope that he sees, the hope he has for us. I would almost like to rename the Beatitudes smacked upside the head by hope. (laughs) Because Jesus offers us hope in something greater than ourselves. Hope that we are part of something greater. Hope that our lives have meaning even when we can't see it. Hope that mourning and sadness are not the end, but are part of a journey through darkness and into light. When my dad died, I was mourning, and I didn't feel particularly blessed by that. But I was comforted. I was comforted through our hope and belief in Jesus. I was comforted by the church sharing and proclaiming our belief in resurrection. I was comforted by the love and support of family and friends. And through all of that, our whole family was tremendously blessed. During difficult times, when I feel particularly poor in spirit, I have seen blessing. Often on the other side of those times. Not only for having been carried through those dark times, but also for looking back and realizing that the kingdom of God, the gospel, Jesus himself never left during those dark times. We're still a part of the kingdom of God in and through the darkness. We discussed this during Bible study last Sunday at the Derrick Tavern, reflecting on Psalm 23. Chris DeLange had brought this topic to us and we talked about the many times in places in which we felt like we were walking through the valley of the shadow of death. And even in the valley of the shadow of death, we will fear no evil for we trust in our shepherd. We trust in Jesus to lead us from grazing place to grazing place. We can't stay in one place forever. So sometimes we end up walking through the dark valleys, the valleys of the shadow of death in order to come to the next grazing place. Blessed are we when being led through the valley of the shadow of death. For Jesus is leading us to a green pasture beside still waters. The valley of the shadow of death may be those times when we mourn. Maybe those times when we are poor in spirit, those times when we feel far from blessed. Even in those times, even in the midst of the valley of shadow of death, Jesus teaches us that we still have hope. That we are still a part of his kingdom. That we are still beloved of God. Simply because we're beloved of God. Jesus' words of hope may not always make sense to us at the time. They often don't. And those are the times when his words especially don't make sense that we especially need Jesus' words. When we are in the valley of the shadow of death, we need Jesus' foolish-sounding words to smack us upside the head with hope. 